Don't miss that aspect of life. No. Ah, there are times I do. I miss the other parts of it, the waking up before the sun goes up. Yeah, I was uh, thinking, uh, what can we do to spark some um, feedback? on some of the topic and one of them was prophetic and the other one is worship. That is true. So one thing we can do is um, we have a Facebook group for the radio show. I need to set you up your own chat in your own area. Mm, Okay. And I'll do that today. Each show on our, uh, our Facebook page, our Facebook group, each show has their own chat system in their own area. Wow. And so um, a lot of our shows are based off of your input and what you want to see and hear. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm going to have to adjust the way that we, we're we going to close our group instead of it being open. So you actually have mm. to go and fill out that information because we've been getting a lot of disgusting crap posted on there. Yeah, I believe it. Some people are just pigs. It's just ridiculous. It's, you know, when did Facebook become the new Craigslist? I have no idea. You know, we don't want to see pictures of your stuff. Don't care. Y'all have your own social media profile for that one. It's called OnlyFans. The reason I know about it is it's been on the news. Because a lot of professional players, their wives have been setting up profiles on there and the husbands have been divorcing their wives for it. Mm. That's not good. But they feel as though they have the right, right? Well, everyone, you know, you if you're going to do something like that or do whatever you're going to do, you need to talk to your spouse about it. But my whole viewpoint is, and this whole thing with society is, 
this whole, and I had James explain to me because I didn't understand this whole thing about um, the poly crap. Hmm. And all it yeah, is, it just means you don't commit to anybody. So you sleep with this person, you sleep with this person, but yet you're in a relationship with this person. Mm-hmm. Give me one quick second. I got to do one thing quick. Okay. Now go, all y'all. Our cat just had kittens, and I have a lab dog that thinks it's a mother dog, and unintentionally kills kittens. She licks them to death. No. She don't mean to. She's just trying to, you know. She doesn't realize she's a monster dog and not a lab dog. Yeah. So I had to put the um, the barricade back up so the dog can't get near them until they're a little bit bigger. They were they're like four days old, so they're still Aww. itty bitty. Mhm. Understand. But I truly believe our biggest issue is the fact of the downfall of the church. Our churches are becoming so closed into this community that you have to check the the boxes to belong to it. And it's almost like becoming a secret society in a way. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of them people are lost trying to figure out where to fit in and they're losing their faith in the process because they are feeling ostracized by the one thing that's supposed to bring everybody together. Yeah. Especially in small towns. You know, and you got the rise of the mega churches. Yeah. They have their place. But you get too big, then you don't have the individual uh, interconnections. And with our cell phones today, people sit across uh, from each other at a restaurant asking questions on the phone to the partner that was sitting right beside or in front of them. Oh, I used to do that just for the fact that, like, for me and my ex, it was safer for me to tell him where to go when he was not in the house with me than it was to fight with him in person. Because of the repercussions I would get afterwards. But really, 
like I tell everybody, I hate texting. I avoid it like the plague. That's why I'm not mad when I send you a one phrase, one sentence, two words, something small. Unless I have my phone hooked up to the computer, then I'll text. Other than that, I don't text. Yeah, I don't like texting either. But my uh, my granddaughter was watching me. I was trying to type something to a friend of mine, and... I had to stop walking and punch in the letters. And she said, Poppy, you are slow, so slow. (laughs) I said, leave me be. (laughs) I always joke because... Everything in texting now is an acronym. Nothing yeah. means I, it's a whole new language. And so I always joke, you know, I'm getting flashbacks and PTSD from the military because everything in the military is an acronym. But the <laughs> yeah. acronym letters are the same in texting, but they mean completely different things. So my yeah. brain takes so much longer to process what the hell you're trying to say. Mm-hmm. And then I gotta research and Google it because I have no idea. Yeah. <clears throat> well, for me, everything. Whenever I try to text, uh, especially in military terms, everything becomes snafu. You know what snafu uh-huh. is, right? Oh yeah. Situation normal, all fouled up. That's right. Or like what we got to call a hot mess. I got a nice little text yesterday. Uh, Surprised, really. Uh, my grandson... Uh, texted me yesterday morning and said, Poppy, would it be okay if I went to church with you? And I said, sure. And then we went to uh, Red Lobster for lunch. And uh, I thought he had already left church. And I pulled in the Red Lobster, and here he comes pulling in behind me. And I said, well, I thought you'd already be here. He said, no, he said, uh, wasn't sure which way to go. So I, he followed me. We walked in. There's a lot of people there. And uh, I said, uh, yep, just like the military, hurry up and wait. <laughs> Ironic when you think about it. You know, um you spend so much time hurrying to something to stand there forever waiting. But yet, majority of us, we don't increase our patience levels. Right. When the whole point of hurry up and wait is to help us with our patience? Yes.
You ever prayed for patience? Oh, yes. I have patience. The hard way. Every time I pray for patience, something comes up that tests my patience. And I usually fail. Yes. Uh, When you have a little boy that is a lot like you and likes to screw with you for fun, you learn to have more patience. (laughs) Yeah. I can take the blame for his sarcasm, his quick wit, and his mind screwing with your mind. But, you know, for the first five years, four years of his life, first couple years he was good. He was normal. He was like any other kid. And then when he hit about two, he stopped talking completely. And for about three Hmm. years, all we got from him was screaming constantly or whining. There was nothing coming out of him for talking. Hmm. And that's part of what autism is, is that there's something in the wiring that gets crossed at a certain age and they regress and stop. And it's like starting all over again. And so listening to a child scream all the time because of anything and everything, especially when he has his daddy's patience, really starts to wear on you. So I've learned to to be able to handle him, it is everybody else's reaction to him that gets on my nerves. Them getting frustrated, their reaction is what I feed off of and then react again. But he... uh, You know, what's really surprising to me is these children that are autistic, most of the way their brains work is all scientific. Prove facts, prove facts, 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 facts. They do not live in theological worlds, except for in one area. A lot of these kids, only area they live in that's theological is faith. There's um, a 12-year-old, when he was nine years old, he actually figured out and explained the Big Bang Theory, and in the Big Bang Theory, explained how it proves God exists, and how God created the Big Bang Theory, and that's how the world was, was created. Kids are figuring out how to take these things that happened in the Bible and put them into the real world and explain how God created them to happen.
you know, some of them are turning into archaeologists and actually finding things um, that that were missed. Did they miss them or see? You know, when I was overseas, one of the things we got to do, which for a lot of people was torture, but I actually liked it, was we had to guard some archaeologists and and, um, scientists. They were, some big discovery was discovered, you know, it proved something in the Bible Mm -hmm. at the time. And so our job was to help protect them while they were uncovering this thing. And I don't truly believe that scientists missed it. I believe they weren't meant to find it yet because the world wasn't ready. In the last few years when, you know, the downfall of faith has been so extreme. And the, one of the good things that like Trump did is make faith okay again. You know, like our speaker of the house, when he just got elected, the first thing he did was pray on the Capitol floor. The first thing that hasn't happened in years, Mm -hmm. but, but, you know, so now there's all these things that we're finding about the Bible that proves all these stories are true. There was a, a recent discovery of a king from the Middle East. And the cool part was, is he was perfectly preserved. He literally think he died like a month ago. But he's thousands and thousands of years old. They're finding these lost lost cities over in Egypt mm-hmm. that are showing us different aspects of the Bible. You know, there's a plate that they found in one of the tombs that actually explains the meteor showers that happened during the um, fire and brimstone that destroyed the town. Um, the Egyptians were so advanced with their astro- astronomy that they actually mapped it out on a like a plate, like a disc, and it shows the town and everything. It's really cool. But all these little things are coming together that were never there before, that we didn't see. And I don't think we were ever meant to see them. You know, it's like the Dead Sea Scrolls. They just happen to be found thousands of years later in a, a bazaar, in a clay jar. And you just happen to find the other ones in a cave somewhere. Thousands and thousands of years later. I think my belief is because we're living in a society where we have, we are no longer believing to see. We are now seeing and we have to prove it to believe it. So God is making a lot of this stuff more accessible in our faith to prove these stories are true. To give us our warnings, because we've always gotten warnings before we have the wrath. We've never just been destroyed. He gives us the time to change, to find our way, 
And if you don't find your way, you're screwed. Now, I always make the joke that God does subtle once. If you don't follow what he's telling you and showing you with the gentle push, then he's going to do something in your face. A good example of that, a couple of them actually, um, our Thursday host, Bob, months ago, he started getting sick. And he was still doing construction and helping his, his kids out. He's an 80-year-old man. He shouldn't be up on ladders swinging hammers anymore. Amen to that. And uh, he kept getting sick, kept getting sick. And I told him, I go, this is God's sign that you need to start slowing down. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'll slow down. Well, a month after that, he actually fell off the ladder and broke his foot. And I told him, I see God gave you warnings. He showed you, you kept getting you sick so that you would stop, slow down, take care of yourself. You didn't listen, did you? He's like, no. And I go, what happened? He goes, I fell off a ladder. I see. And because of your age, they didn't want to put you under to physically fix it. So what did they do? They put you on complete bed rest. They put you so you had to sit on your butt all day long and not do anything. He did subtle. You didn't listen to subtle, so he threw it back in your face and said, here, you're going to listen to me one way or the other and pushed you off the ladder. That's right. You know, Ron, the president of the Hope Collection, um, he has um, physical therapy at this time. Otherwise, he'd be on the show. (laughs) If he gets done early, he's going to call. But, um, he ended up with a severe ear infection and he went to the doctor for it. And it turned out from just listening to him, his body and about his ear infection turned out that he had a swallowing disorder and the um, valve between his esophagus and his lungs wasn't closing properly. Hmm. So food was getting in his, in his lungs. And they caught it right away. Otherwise, he could have died from that, ended up getting a severe infection. Yeah. Pneumonia he, or anything. He listened to Subtle. He, he got a earache, and he went into the doctor to check it out. So they prevented a lot of things from happening. If you don't listen, this is what happens. You know, you follow your path. You listen to them, see the signs. Things happen when they're supposed to happen, not when you want them to happen. And when things are in your way or things are offered to you, you need to take the opportunity because you might not get it again. Yeah. But so many people sit on their butts and just, you know, expect everything handed to them. And you that's know, we, where we have we've the become issue. a society of takers, not givers. We, yeah, in a society of victims. And uh, I know James was telling me, you know, there, and I was looking it up, 
one of the biggest issues is they're actually investigating this when it comes to the church, especially church counselors. It's now considered a type of abuse when people call, go for you to, for help, and all you tell them is pray, or they blame you because you didn't pray enough. When there's nothing in the Bible that says praying is the, only, is the way to go. You pray, but you still have to have action to go behind that prayer. You well, can't just pray. Nobody has any faith, but Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. In today's society, we have to see in order to believe, and it should be the other way around. Correct. I always quote Santa Claus on that one. When um, Tim Allen becomes Santa Claus for the first time, and he's talking to Judy, and he's (laughs) like, how is this possible? She goes, seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. Right which is what kids have. Kids believe it, then they see it. Mm-hmm. Kids believe that their parents are great no matter what. And they are resilient, aren't they? But also, kids will sit and figure out, little kids will figure out their problems and fix them on their own instead of sitting there waiting to get help done. (coughs) There was a little girl I knew. She was like three years old, Down syndrome. Severe case of it. Four holes in her heart. She would literally spend an hour trying to figure out how to get herself into that waiting pool instead of having someone help her because she had to do it herself. She had to learn how to do it. And eventually she got it. But, you know, you look at these kids, our kids growing up when they're little, it's like walking, sitting up. They try, they try, they try. They fail, they try. We lose that as we grow up. And I truly believe that's part of the reason why Jesus talked to the children more than the adults. All his stories were all in parable childlike form and talked to the kids because they understood what he was saying because their hearts were so open and pure. That's what ours is supposed to be. Are we not children in the eyes of God? We are. But also we lose it as we get older too. Because why? Because society says we're supposed to grow up? We allow society, we allow our parents, we allow 
our influences in life to help us decide to make our decisions for us. And they shape our reality of who we become. Right, but should they? They shouldn't. You know, it's you know, when we're kids we want to be astronauts and things like that and baseball players and football players. And then we get to that age where oh, we know that's never gonna happen because our chances of becoming that it's next to zero. And we let everything else around us influence us. You know mm-hmm. we teach our kids, you know, what's the important things in life. But are they really the important things in life? You know, you force your kids to study, get good grades, you know, and our kids struggle so much with mental health these days mm-hmm. because of how much pressure we put them. As parents, we help put on them. Hello? Yeah, can I? Ron says hi. What's happening? Huh? Ron, Ron says hi. Hi. He uh, called my phone instead of the radio show. He's on his way to pool therapy. Oh. Hopefully it's not ice pool. No, he's uh, in a nice heated pool with a treadmill at the bottom. Never heard of that one. Yeah, it's actually pretty cool. He's got a wave pool. He's got a bunch of different things. Hmm. That's cool. But, you know, when you look Why at things, the church? Huh? go ahead, go ahead, because I think you're going to say no. the same thing I'm going to say. I was going to say, why Why doesn't the church address this or address the prophetic? I think a lot has to do with, one, you want to explain what the prophetic is? Me or the church? <laughs> Both. One, I am not a prophet, so I just do a lot of studying. One. Um, personally, it's part of the fivefold ministry. And everybody says, well, that means it's the office of the prophet. No. Paul said, would that we all could prophesy. It's imperative that the church in this generation needs to fully understand the timeless purpose of the prophet. But I think people are afraid of prophets because they um, they say they, not the prophets, but people that uh, side over, say, man, they they really read my mail. And I think that scares a lot of people. 
and in the second half they they are they don't want to become what they think would be uh post profit so if there's a lot of teaching in the church about false prophets, where are the true prophets? Right? That's it. And that's part of the problem is we've had so many people that claim to be the prophet do a lot of bad things. Yeah. And we are so narrow-minded that we we're such a need to fit in and such a need to belong to something and such a need mm-hmm. to believe that we follow them wholeheartedly. And there's so many warning signs that we don't, we should see that we don't because we, we are so close-minded. We have to learn how to hear God's voice because it's not a shout a lot of times. It's a very simple uh Still, small voice, and we have to quiet ourselves in order to hear. Right. So, my question for you: You ever heard of Fatima? Who? Um, Fatima. No. Fatima was three kids over during, I believe it was World War One or right before World War One, and they saw Mary. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I have, I have heard about that, yeah. They were prophets. No, I think they just had a vision. But they had more than a vision because people, other people saw it too. And due to that experience, um, Lucinda, the oldest, became a nun and devoted her whole life to the church. Yeah, not exactly something I'd do. But these children, no matter what happened, they never changed their story. And these poor kids got beat a lot for saying what they saw and how we were supposed to change our ways. And the warning that Mary did could have prevented World War One if we would have changed our ways and listened to these kids. Everybody has to <clears throat> you have to judge what you hear. <coughs> and weigh it by the scripture. can't believe everything you hear and half of what you see.
you know, some mod- people, um, some people that talk about modern day prophets, Martin Luther King Jr. He definitely had a dream. Yep. Martin Luther. The uh, founding of the Lutheran Church. Mm-hmm. He came here from England to escape prosecution and create his own. You know, another one would be um, Nelson Mandela. There's a lot of controversy and speculation about Nelson Mandela. Yeah, he was incarcerated. Well, not so much that fact he went to prison, but things that happened while he was in prison, I didn't look into it too much. My husband talked about it. Some about the uh, Mandela effect. Mm-hmm. But that's where faith comes back in into play. We have to have the faith of what we hear. That's it. If we don't without faith, what what's our lives? I've I've heard atheists say, well, I don't believe in God, okay? So what do you believe? You believe in something. You believe the air that you're breathing is air? Yeah. You believe the trees give off oxygen? We give out carbon dioxide? Yeah, I believe that. Okay, so you do believe in something. To me, that's not a true atheist. You know, there really is no such thing as a true atheist. We've had a few come on the show to sit and tell us what we're doing is wrong and yada, yada, yada. You know, switch the narrative around a little bit. But when you break it down, even if you believe in yourself, you're mm-hmm. not an atheist. You're right. The human brain, the human body, you as a person believes in something. And an atheist is the absence of belief. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we have a saying, I know you've heard this all the time, there are no atheists in a foxhole. You can swear God up and down that he doesn't exist, he's bad, yada, yada. But the minute them bullets go flying... 90% of y'all are, you're, 
cowered in a ball praying to God. <laughs> yep. Now, I give a lot of credit to individuals who, when they, when the shit hits the fan and they're getting ostracized for their belief, for their faith, they don't change it because it's the popular thing to do. Because so many humans are, we're wired to fit in. We want to fit in. We don't want to go against the grain. Which is a big part of why the downfall of faith has become so huge. Because the more you ostracize faith, the more people go against it. The more you're going to hide it and not proclaim it. Yeah, we're supposed to be beacon. Right. A lighthouse. And so many people just, you know, we're against, we're just, we got to, we're sheep. There's no other way to explain other than we're sheep following the status norms. follow whatever's popular at the time. And a perfect example of that is this whole identity culture. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I used to be Catholic, and I loved Pope John Paul. And I truly believe he was the last great pope. Mm -hmm. Because now, as all this stuff is going on, with this whole identity and trying to, you know, you know, boy, girl, whatever. The Catholic church is now opening their doors to things that they should never open their doors to because it goes against what they believe in. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had, you know, um, my mother-in-law, she's a sovereign citizen. She's one of them Looney Tunes. And so I always, we've gotten into arguments about it because I don't believe in what she believes in and I don't really care what she thinks. But like I tell her all the time, I go, you're fake. And she's like, no, I go, yeah. Because if you believed wholeheartedly what you're doing, you would fight to the end. You wouldn't cave and agree you're wrong and and plead guilty just to get out of trouble and then turn around and keep doing it again. And then you turn around and you try to appeal your decision. That if you believe wholeheartedly in your, whatever it is you're trying to accomplish, because I'm not going to sit here and try to figure it out, you'd fight till the end. That my ethics, my beliefs don't change. No matter what you want to do to try to convert them. You're just a Sunday Christian in a way. And that's the way so many individuals are now, is that we believe whatever we're told to believe. 
but yet we don't stick to our own self and our own beliefs. Mm-hmm. We don't know what they are because we're so brainwashed by society. And yeah. it was the COVID was the perfect experiment to see what they could do and how they could brainwash society. And they did a pretty good job of it. You know, in order to mass brainwash a population, you have to have three things in play. Isolation. Everybody was in isolation for months. Mm-hmm. Fear. You lived in a world, every time you turned on a TV, all you hear is this death toll and how bad COVID was and how you had, I mean, there were commercials on TV targeted towards kids to stay away Mm -hmm. from your grandparents because if your grandparents got sick, it was your fault and they were going to (laughs) die. Because kids are breeders, we know this. It's okay. So you have isolation, you have fear, and then you have messaging. So we're open in this whole world of it's now bad to be a male in the United States. And we fell for it hook, line, and singer. All we had to all get the vaccine, which I didn't do. You know, all these messages came out one after another, after another, after another. And look at how we live today. Marriages broke up over a president. Because they couldn't agree on if we like the president or not. We went completely from, you know, working together, being together from 9-11 to completely drawing two lines in the sand and civil war, literally, all over again, mm-hmm. based on messaging. How is that not insane? Well, it is. But we're not, as, as the church, we're not supposed to be driven by every wind uh, and doctrine. Yes, but you got to remember, though, they shut churches down. And churches who continued to have service were fined, and a lot of them went under. For the, the churches that didn't have the systems in play to be able to do their shows on their services online didn't make it through COVID or barely made it through COVID. That was the first thing they hit was churches. You Mm -hmm. could no longer have Sunday service. So the one place that taught you faith and taught you how to think for yourself in a way was the first place shut down. Yep. But that's the world we live in. 
It's whosoever yeah. voice is louder, whosoever voice is, you know. We pay attention to. And this is how easily our society has changed. Well, we kept making compromises. That's it. But as a church, we need to open our eyes more and bring in our communities and, you know, work with fellowships and, you know, stuff outside the the four walls of our church. Yeah. I agree. I know, for one, me and my pastor are trying very hard and we keep getting shut down by members of our church because they don't want to do that work. Well, if they don't want to do it, they don't have to do it. (laughs) Correct. You know, we need to grow again. Because we're, you know, we're lucky if we have 10 people come to Sunday service. And our church, the coolest part of our church is we're the oldest church in our county. We're also one of the oldest churches in southern Minnesota. Our bell that we still use in Sunday service rang to announce the end of the Civil War. Which is still on the original steeple in the original part of the church. We've just expanded our church a little bit. Our church became an official church when our state became a state the same day. And there's so much heritage in that church that we are, we're not celebrating it. We're not talking about it. We're not doing outreach for it. It's all best kept little secrets. And that's why small churches die and make room for the mega churches. But what are the mega churches actually teaching or instructing, I should say? I hate the word teach. You know what I mean? Yeah. The Bible, they preach mental health. You know, there was um, a sign up on one of the mega churches by us. That kind of bugged me a little bit. And it was all about um, being happy and following the mindset of God. And I'm paraphrasing it. But if you read the book, there's nothing happy. I mean, there's happy moments in the Bible, but there's bad things. There's, you know, when you, and that's the big part of our problem with our mental health today is that we have to live in real society. We have to have all our emotions. You can't ignore bad things. Bad things happen. Bad things happened every day in the Bible. 
God never said to be happy all the time. God told you to have faith. Happiness is a choice. It is. But you have to be also understanding that it's okay to be mad and sad. You have to feel all of your emotions in life in order to be a human being. That is why we have so many mental health problems because we are blocking and burying all the bad things and our body takes a toll on it. There is a line between being happy and being real. You can be grateful and happy about things, but it's okay to be mad and sad too. You're allowed to express emotions. It's how you release them is the issue. Right. But so many of these, and that's what bugs me the most about some of these mega churches, is that they twist the Bible around so much to fit their message and their needs, to bring in the people. It's not about the word anymore. It's not about the Bible. It's not about your faith. It's about how many people can we shove into a building? How much money can we bring in? Perfect example, Joel Osteen. Katrina. He shut the doors of this church, which was designed as a, it was originally a stadium and was considered an emergency shelter. And he refused to allow people in. Kind of reminded me of the church or the temples when Jesus threw everything off the tables and made a mess in there because of they doing the same thing. I truly believe when it comes to prophets, it's not what you say, it's what you do. You follow what you preach. You do what you say. You don't just sit there and talk. Yeah, don't do as I do, do as I say. A lot of parents say, "Yeah, don't do what I do, just do what I say. Mm-hmm. But that's not good either. That's it. They don't see a good example. How can they be a good example? Right? Exactly. Exactly. And that's part of the good thing about my kids being special the way they are. Their filters busted. So they'll call you out. And mm-hmm. you're not practicing what you're preaching. They'll call you out. Which to me is a good thing because it keeps me on that path. Yes. Keeps you on your toes. It does. So we are out of time for today. So join us back here at Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern time. Have a good day. Have a good night. And we'll see you back here on Monday. Bye for now.
Bye for now. Have a good one. Thank you for tuning in to Optimize My Life Radio. We hope you found today's show insightful and empowering. Remember to follow us on social media at Optimize My Life.